This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome to the Yanks Go Yard Podcast. I'm Adam Weinrib alongside Thomas Carinante. The Super Bowl is set two weeks without football time for baseball's offseason to shine. You know that fun thing people do when a bunch of players from one team go to another team and then they start calling them the like that city, the other team we can't even do that with the Mets because they're the New York Mets. So we can't be like, huh, more like the New York Yankees. But the Mets are stealing Yankee after Yankee. They took Luis Severino. They took Harrison Bader. They just re-upped with Adam Adovino, who I still think of as a Yankee. And rumor has it they're hard after Wandy Peralta as well. So that can interfere with the rest of the Yankees offseason plans. Or it could just make it way easier. But we'll talk about that. Plus, the A's lose out on a slightly more expensive relief option. One executive believes Brian Cashman has a big move left in him. And Blake Snell gets a pretty interesting seat placement at the BBWAA Awards Dinner. Make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Drop us a five-star review along with the mailbag question. If you wouldn't mind, we'd be more than happy to answer it. And hey, if you have not yet joined our channel as a member... That's an option for you. You can join our Discord server for fan conversation. We're trying to get that up and running by the beginning of the season. Get that community rolling. So we'd love if you would join the channel, become a member of the Yanks Go Yard YouTube channel, help support the show, and join a Discord server that I think could really be popping by the time opening day is here. And it's only two months away from now. I know that because I will be in Cincinnati. But Thomas Carriante will be in New York or New Jersey, presumably. Yeah holding down the home front, uh, and welcome Thomas to the show. You're going to kick us off with an offer for our fans, and not the offer I just gave, a different one, actually. No, completely different offer. <clears throat> What's up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in. Uh, DraftKings is here. Uh, what timing, too, because guess what? Super Bowl's in two weeks. It's set. We got the Chiefs. We got the 49ers, um, and DraftKings is offering a fantastic sign-up bonus for new users. You got to use our code YanksGoYard upon sign up, and then you place a $5 bet on anything to instantly claim $200 in bonus bets. You will also be rewarded with a separate no-sweat single-game parlay every single day when you opt in. The best part is that you will receive both rewards even if your first bet loses. Pretty crazy. It's free. So when you head on over to DraftKings and you sign up to join, again, first-time users, please use that code YanksGoYard. Also, when you use this code, it directly supports us, the podcast, Adam and Thomas, your friends at Yanks Go Yard. You love listening to us. You love reading us. We like having fun. So keep that in mind if you're going to sign up or forward this over to one of your friends or family members. Uh, This offer is only available to new customers who are 21 and older and physically present in legal gambling states. Please remember to always gamble responsibly. Check the episode descriptions for full terms of the offer to see if you Qualify, man. Um, I just read that right after eating lunch, and I'll tell you what. Just got through that. You know, when you eat so much and you're just like, I want to puke. Yeah, that was me. But I'm glad you guys got the offer. Yanks go yard, DraftKings, sign up, first timers. That was uh that was biscuit over the weekend. We learned some hard lessons about uh what a dog can and cannot consume. You also threw up a feather. Ooh, which is one of those where you're like, man, why are you throwing oh, up? Oh, you ate a full feather. Okay, now I actually completely understand why you're throwing up. That is <laughs> Uh, ticklish and gross. Well, let's talk Wani Peralta first, just because this Mets offseason, look, I get it. They told Max Scherzer that they don't intend to compete until 2025. So I totally understand if you want to spend David Stern's first year in place 
throwing a bunch of like, hey, could happen contracts at people. I get it. I get it. I get it. I do low risk year. You use Steve Cohen's money to buy top prospects last year. Totally understand. But I am having trouble deciding between these three moves, which is the most Mets move of all time. Now, the optics ain't great when you're trying to overtake the Yankees for supremacy in the city to go ahead and sign not one, not two, but three players. They said, all right, we're actually good on that guy. These are not necessarily bidding wars. Although if the Mets were to sign Peralta, which we're hearing that they're interested in doing and pushing for, that would be the closest they'd come to taking a player from the Yankees so far. But first, Luis Severino, that is an, coming off a year where he was the worst pitcher in MLB, his own admission. The Mets are giving him the chance to bounce back. They like what they saw this offseason, or maybe they just like 2018, or maybe they just like that he wore the pinstripes for a while and said Yankees in his intro press conference, yikes. But that's pretty Metsy to go ahead and grab Severino at his lowest point, hoping for a bounce back. Grabbing Harrison Bader, same deal. And Bader said in his intro press conference, you know, I always envisioned myself playing for the Mets. No, you didn't, but that's a very Mets thing to say right there. <laughs> and then third, Wandy Peralta, which, again, this is someone the Yankees are reportedly having conversations with. So this would be the Mets getting in the Yankees' way, which would make it a little bit less of a, hey, we got to collect them all situation. But we have been nervous about Wandy Peralta's next contract this entire offseason, whether the Yankees were rumored to sign it, whether they weren't, whatever the destination might be, because the second half of last season, he was extremely lucky to put up the numbers he put up. Now, he faced a triceps injury last year and was shut down, so that could have been a part of it. And yes, it's true, his FIP was not very good in 2021 either. When he posted a 2.95 ERA, his breakout season in the Bronx walked 18 and 42 and two thirds and had an FIP of 439. But he was very much in line with his metrics in 2022, 272 ERA, 286 FIP. Last year, FIP of 505. And he finished the year with a 2.83 ERA, basically stranded a lot of guys. He walked. We spent the entire second half crossing our fingers that he wouldn't sink the season with an implosion. And obviously the season sank itself in many other ways. And that didn't matter. But we also thought, hey, it would be a shame if this guy went into free agency with a blow-up August or September and wasn't able to cash in. The Yankees made it all the way to the end of the year without that regression monster hitting them. Now for the Mets to be the team to hop in and be like, we're willing to take that bet. We're going to hit on 17. Like, that seems to be what they're planning right now. So do the Yankees have interest in Peralta? Yes. Would it be frustrating if their plans got wrecked by the Mets? Uh, not in my humble opinion, I would thank Wandy for his service. I would wish him luck. I wouldn't know if he had much left in the tank and I would go ahead and sign Keenan Middleton for maybe a little bit less because it still feels like Peralta gets two years, 10, two years, 11. I don't know. And, and I don't need to pay that, especially with these somewhat concerning underlying metrics. This has been a little brother off season for the Mets. I know why they're doing it, but it absolutely has been. Yeah. It's really weird. I guess the, the potential advantage is that they know these guys have played in New York and to some extent can either handle New York or like New York. So maybe that's their angle into these conversations. Then again, um, you watched <clears throat> everyone watched Luis Severino uh, be injured for the last five, six years um, and not really perform. Uh, they watched Harrison Bader come crashing back down to earth and deal with injury issues, which what he was, which is what he was doing and kind of known for before he even arrived in the Bronx. Um, Adovino, 
if, if they need bullpen help, that's fine. Adam Adovino, I think, is a fine pitcher, but uh, definitely not a needle mover at this point. Um, a lot of the problems in the Yankees postseason was because of him. Um, now you look at Peralta, which I think is probably the best of the bunch. Um, and, uh, oh, my God, we have breaking news. We do. We have breaking news, guys. We do. Holy uh, crap. Here's a person I didn't even really know was a free agent until a couple of weeks ago because I kind of thought, oh, my God. Obviously, under contract with the Yankees for a while, and the Yankees DFA'd him, and he went to the Orioles last year. I thought the Orioles were going to have him for league minimum for a while. I was wrong. I learned how contracts work. And now Aaron Hicks is a Los Angeles angel of Anaheim. Um, Wait, did they pick up his contract? No, and remember we're we're paying all we're paying. Oh all yeah, that. we're paying it. Yeah. We're, we're paying Aaron Hicks to go wherever he goes next year. We're paying him through twenty twenty five. Yeah, that's what uh, I thought. But now the Angels will get him for cheap. I I thought he was going to be no. I thought he was stuck to the O's for the duration of the contract. I was surprised to learn, uh, and I you can all laugh at me for that. Yeah. But, uh, it's fair. It's fair to laugh at me for that. I was wrong. But Aaron Hicks is now an Angel uh, for free. Your thoughts? That's might crazy. as well do it now. <laughs> yeah, why not? Um. I we did a free agency update on him uh, and Wandy um, and uh, who was the other one over the weekend. We had a three prong uh, free agency update on a bunch of people and Hicks. The market was completely quiet. Nobody was nobody was there. Thought it was like you said. Thought he was going right back to the O's. It seemed to be a good spot. I even thought the Red Sox would pull a troll job here and get themselves another outfielder. Um, switch hitter, maybe be able to clear up some space with, you know, the excess outfielders um, add to the bottom of the order, but uh, kind of a perfect landing spot for him. In my opinion, the angels West coast, probably where he wants to be can play a ton of golf. Um, you're probably not dealing with a crazy rabid fan base. Uh, not a lot of pressure there as we've seen, <laughs> as we've seen over uh, the past 12 years. Uh, based on everything that's happened and how they've been unwilling and unable to succeed. So good for Aaron Hicks, man. I uh, Now that you think about it, this is a match made in heaven. According to River Avenue Blues, I'm going to quote them on this and consider okay. them to be the, the correct source. This saves the Yankees 740000 in salary for this year, plus another 814000 in luxury tax, given their current payroll and mm-hmm. tax bracket. So if he hadn't signed anywhere, we would have had to pay him the league minimum in addition to the contract. That's crazy. I guess. But now we don't have to do that because he's an angel. God. No one can get a job, but Aaron Hicks can get one in the at the end of January. Um, I don't think that is a – I don't think that that's a thing that we got to worry about, unfortunately. Nope. But, yeah. He'll hit a home run. Again. Don't don't you worry, though. He will hit a home run against us. Timely manner. At eight, at where where Angel Stadium is that what it is? Who the hell knows? Yeah. Uh, well, also, I want to address. I want to address the comments real quick. Uh, you fools got credentials, or are you just two idiots? We're two idiots. Two idiots. Uh, we yeah. appreciate you. We're two idiots who could get credentials, but uh, either way, whether we have credentials or not, we are two idiots. We appreciate your uh, viewership, though. Thank you for joining us today. <laughs> Anything more to say about the Mets in this situation? I just feel like um, I'm fine if the Yankees bullpen is finished as is, to be honest, uh, which which sort of brings us to our next point. I would welcome Keenan Middleton, which seems sure. to have been on the Yankees' radar. If I have to pick and choose between which uh, two to three to four million dollar guy I want to deal with next year, I have a lot of positive vibes surrounding Wani Peralta, but I don't want to see it come crashing down like a house of cards. If he's a viable part of the Mets' bullpen next year, great. 
Yeah. I will applaud uh, if he's a Yankee and he struggles and he gets his doors blown off. And our last memory is, remember when that last year of Juan Peralta was horrible? I'm going to be really bummed out. And I thought that was going to happen down the stretch last year. And it didn't take place. Um, and, and I do think the Yankees bullpen is either Middleton and done or just straight up done because they decided not to take the Hector Neris plunge over the weekend. Uh, sorry, thoughts and prayers to the former MLB player Carlos Baerga. Uh, the Yankees were not, in fact, close to finishing a contract with Hector Neris. Um, that price ends up uh i spoke to uh, an insider and won't take that much detective work to figure out which one who said that that deal is going to set the relief market back even a little bit further because of how team friendly that contract is we had heard that naris was seeking three years and 50 million dollars from hector gomez uh he was that ended up being erroneous he didn't get anywhere close to that john Heyman said two years 20 he didn't even get the second year. He just goes one year, nine with the Chicago Cubs and their incentives and performance bonuses, et cetera. That is not that much, but for the Yankees, it would have been $18 million because of the tax penalties they're already paying. Do you want to pay $18 million for someone who is 35, is a bullpen arm, has a lot of mileage on that arm, maybe got lucky with the fastball last year, maybe did like there's some metrics indicating that the stuff – decreased in effectiveness as the season went on and could be in for a similar implosion. But couldn't that go for every bullpen arm? Every bullpen arm in the world could be in for a year-over-year regression. But Neris posted a 1.71 ERA last year. That's his career best coming off the 3.72 season with Houston. And his FIP last year was 3.83. So more hittable than his numbers actually gave him credit for. And look, could be a great signing for the Cubs. Could be a middling signing for the Cubs. Either way, not a signing the Yankees felt like paying $18 million for, not against the luxury tax, but in general. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that that was worth it. And I think they can get a similar level of production out of Middleton. Uh, if they don't want to add a veteran at all, I, I understand that as well. I'd prefer to add a Middleton type, though. Yeah, I um, we don't care about the money, just so you guys know. It's just you have to think about how the organization is approaching this. They're viewing that as a one-year, $18 million deal for Hector Neris, and that is not probably in the in the cards for <laughs> all the uh, all the stats that they ran and all the metrics that they looked at. Um, so, again, to clarify this, the Yankees have been over the luxury tax threshold. The two hundred and this year it's two hundred thirty-seven million, but they've been over the lowest mark three years in a row, which incurs a fifty percent penalty on every dollar spent above that number. And then they are at the Cohen tax level, which is 293 million. And every dollar spent above that is an additional 60%. Um, so they're essentially paying a hundred percent on every dollar that they spend from this point forward. That's why it would be that, that that's why we're counting it as 18. I think it's technically, if I did the math, right, if it's, they're actually getting taxed 110% on every dollar, which it might be. I still don't know. Do we have any cap, uh, not cap, uh, payroll experts out there? Hit us up. I'd love to know. But yeah, it would technically be 18.9 million if I did the math right. Um, and yeah, I think I'd rather have Wandy Peralta, first of all. I'd rather have a lefty because this bullpen needs a lefty. Um, I'd rather have familiarity because Wandy Peralta knows what it's like to pitch here and he's had success here. Um, and I like Wandy Peralta as a player and a person. He's got great energy. Um, he attacks hitters when he comes out of the bullpen. He can kind of be utilized in any relief situation, which is extremely valuable to have for any team. But now that they've reached this point, I think it's more so they are done. 
and they will be waiting to make additions later in the season. Again, there are a lot of guys coming back from injury. There are a lot of younger players that need to get incorporated into the mix. Um, and I don't know, or at least I don't think they want to clog up more of the bullpen with uh, maybe a redundant veteran or an overpriced veteran based on their standards when they're looking at um, when they're looking at the finances. So I would say they're done and we're, we got who we got. And if they have to make any overtures, deadline trades, things like that, that's, that's where they stand in my opinion. I would agree with all that. Uh, shout out to a commenter who, by the way, just showed up, asked if we were idiots and if we were from New York. I answered that question. I said we were. <laughs> then said, we have no idea how to interact with the chat. He's out. Hate to see you go. Love to watch you leave. Fernando, uh, again, where you at, bro? The only question asked was if we're idiots. And I, I said that we were. Um, yeah. I'm not sure what other Holy. questions you be addressed. Holy an idiot. If you have another question that you'd like addressed that isn't that, let us know. But you yeah. said, are you guys idiots? And we said, for sure. Um, and then you asked us to answer your question. We already did. So um, again, I think we do know how to interact with the chat. Uh, we would welcome you in the Discord server. If you want to join as a member, we'd be happy to answer your questions in private. But again, this one was addressed in public. We are idiots. We are very stupid. Um, another commenter saying that we talk a lot. This is a, this is a podcast. <laughs> but uh, it is a very good point. We do talk a lot. We actually talk for the full oh. hour because it is a podcast. Um Comments are odd today, folks. Comments are quite strange. Um, let's talk about Brian Cashman's one move. One move. Is there, big, is there a big move coming? Is an NL executive named Scott Boris telling Mark Feinsand that the Yankees have a big move up their sleeve? Because this is the one that we had to deal with over the weekend where we just, look, we're getting to the point of the offseason where Scott Boris's major clients do not have jobs. That's Jordan Montgomery. That's Blake Snell. That's Matt Chapman. And that is Cody Bellinger. Those are the big four. They were probably the four biggest free agents entering this offseason outside of Shohei Otani and Yoshinobu Yamamoto. And they still don't have jobs, nor do they really have uh, anything uh, about, um, like, you know, their next destination rumored. They don't really have any connections that are strong. It's all extremely tenuous. Um, would love to know more about where they all intend to land. But right now we've got Jordan Montgomery, perfect fit in Boston. Boston Red Sox don't want to sign him. Uh, Texas Rangers, he wants to go back there. Texas Rangers don't seem to have the money for him either. Deeply odd. Uh, don't have the financials there. Um, where does he go other than that? Orioles, I don't know, we're interested, but the Yankees, no, he doesn't want to come here. There's really no home there. Um, so question marks abound. Blake Snell, Yankees offered him $150 million. He wants $270 million or at least 200 plus. And the Yankees don't want to do that. Nobody wants to do that. He's still on the market. Uh, and Matt Chapman, the Yankees were interested last week, according to Susan Slusser, uh, San Francisco writer. Doesn't seem legitimate there either. They were part of a, a long list of teams that were thrown out in an article as sort of like, Scott Boras bait being like, could you just say these six teams are interested in Matt Chapman while we wait around here for a little while uh, and add Cody Bellinger into that mix because Mark Feinstein did not rule the Yankees out in the Bellinger chase. Uh, Thomas Carinante, where does he play? If the Yankees sign Cody Bellinger to a five or six year deal out of nowhere, where do you put him? Uh, do you trade Alex Verdugo? Where does he go? What does he do? What does he provide? It's a good question. Um, I think they bounce them around knowing that they're going to need reps everywhere because there's going to be injuries. You know, you have Dominguez coming back. 
Um, there's going to be issues with the infield. I, the jury's, I think, kind of still out on Anthony Rizzo to see if he can get back to where he was before that scary uh, head injury. Um, I don't see this as anything that's crazy um, in terms of the fit. Like Rizzo would, in theory, become a free agent next year. Verdugo's a free agent, so that frees up a spot in the outfield. Um, so there would be plenty of reps for Cody Bellinger this year and especially beyond. That said, again, you run into the luxury tax issue. Um, you run into having to spend a shitload of money because uh, this is going to be another. I don't see this being anything less than a five-year deal, right? Um, he already took the plunge for the one year to rebuild his value, and he succeeded. I don't think Boris is going to relent on that. Um, I think the Matt Chapman thing is probably the most realistic. Um I know that would cost the Yankees again a ton of money if he's even if he is only looking for one year and twenty million, but this would solve the third base problem without issue. Matt Chapman's an Iron Man; he, he hardly ever misses time, um, and then they could slide DJ Lemayhew back into that uh, utility role that he's been probably best at since coming over um, from the Rockies. So I don't. Again, I still don't think anything's going to happen. If I were to rank what's going to happen, it would probably be. Matt Chapman, Blake Snell, Jordan Montgomery, Cody Bellinger, and I think everything's a far distant uh, second place. I don't think like Matt Chapman isn't he shouldn't even be number one. I don't again. I don't think they're spending a lot of money up for one year uh, of a player without shedding some other uh, salary or figuring out like the absolute perfect fit. Cause here there, there aren't any, you have to move pieces around. You're going to have to create a roster spot. Remember this is a full roster right now. So there's going to be a lot of heavy lifting there too. Um, so yeah. How's that for talking about players? It's an odd comment section today. It's a hundred percent trolls. And I think they're, I don't know if they're all <laughs> being operated by the same person. Uh, you guys, I feel like I'd be more worried if I thought you guys had my address, but since you're wondering whether we live in New York or not, I guess you don't. So <laughs> um, enjoy, enjoy the rest of the stream or don't because you guys despise this more than anything you've ever watched for 25 minutes um i don't think there's one more big move coming from brian cashman uh i couldn't be less aligned with this nl executives anonymous thoughts uh it's about that time when scott boris is getting a little desperate this wouldn't be the first time he has used the yankees to push an agenda forward brian cashman's comments from the david robertson free agency departure way back when in 2014-15 arose over the weekend because Robertson obviously just signed with the Rangers again and also this is a slow offseason there was a, a comment from Cashman at that point that was basically like I called his camp asked if he needed the Yankees to be involved in anything asked if he needed a Yankees offer to help move his free agency forward and I never heard back from them so he never really got one but we wish him the best of luck so it was sort of Cashman Think about the world we were in in 2014, 15, where you could just kind of say that out loud. It used to be common knowledge that Cashman would like know he was getting used by top agencies and even give players he liked permission to use the Yankees in conversations with other teams if they needed a little additional leverage or to create something. They didn't need to do that uh, in that particular scenario, but it's happened many times before. Scott Boris funneled the Yankees' Garrett Cole. Scott Boris funneled the Yankees' Carlos Rodon. Scott Boris has the Yankees to thank for a lot of major impactful deals that he has signed in recent years to help build up his portfolio. Yankees should be lucky that he did not give Anthony Rendon to them. I believe that's a Boris client Jeez, as well that, that we, would have been a nightmare. we don't have, uh, but we have plenty of Boris clients on this team. Uh, and so, yeah, it's, it would not be shocking. Look, Cody Bellinger said when he was at the airport, 
Somebody asked if the Yankees call. He said, I wish they would. It was like about a month ago. He certainly does. I bet he does. Not just because the Yankees have money. His dad, not just because his dad was a Yankee, but because it's fun for lefties to mash at Yankee Stadium. There was theoretically a vacancy at the beginning of the offseason. There was a connection to the Yankees. There was, uh, you know, left field gap that has now been filled by Alex Verdugo. Backup center field gap filled by Trent Grisham. Aaron Judge now plays center field. Juan Soto is on this team now. DH, I mean, if Cody Bellinger was a free agent next offseason and could play first base full time, could fill Anthony Rizzo's role, he's hitting free agency one year too early and the Yankees have made too many other outfield maneuvers for this to possibly be a fit at this point. Um, But speaking of moves they could make that they have not made yet, Garrett Cole and Blake Snell got their Cy Youngs over the weekend. Yankees are not going to sign Blake Snell. They're just not going to. They're just not going to. There's no way. If Hector Neris costs $18 million, then Blake Snell on a short-term high AAV deal costs $65 million, $70 million. That is so much money. However, Garrett Cole wants Blake Snell. Aaron Judge wants Blake Snell. The only offer Blake Snell has received is from the Yankees. $150 million, five years. Interesting offer. Yankees pivoted 24 hours after they made that offer to Marcus Stroman. So they didn't hang around for a long time and, and wait for that to get addressed. But Blake Snell and Garrett Cole sat next to one another at the award ceremony. They make sense. They both won the Cy Young. It's not shocking that that was the placement, right? It's not like, oh my God, wait, who did this, fam? Like, obviously, that's where you're going to put those guys. Uh, Brian Hoke tweeted a Cole quote after that happened. He found it amusing. Quote, who got a hold of the seating chart? Sounds like Scott Boris to me. Uh, do you think Cole talked Snell's ear up at all about finding a middle ground? Do you think the Yankees would even be amenable to a middle ground at this point, given how much it would cost? And the fact that the rotation has been filled out, technically, with Clark Schmidt in the five spot. It would be nice if uh, Garrett Cole lobbied a bit. I don't know if I don't know if you can get away with that kind of chatter at an event like that. Um, you probably have a lot of people walking around um, and in close proximity, so you don't want <laughs> you don't want that to be heard. But yeah, I mean, apparently, if he's already been the subject of Garrett Cole and Aaron Judge going to the front office, I don't see why, like, maybe after the show, Cole Cole slipped him a note, meet me in the back, we got to talk. Um, I think if there is a luxury move to be made, Blake Snell is a really good one. Um, I just, at this point, I just don't know. I, it, it's it, the, With the way the free agency is going, like, the fact that even – um, teams with the financial space and these cookie, you know, these, these perfect fit free agents are available. The fact that all these haven't gone down yet, I don't see the Yankees overextending themselves for an offer like that, especially if they made the only offer to Blake Snell this offseason, the 150 million, and then immediately went to Marcus Stroman um, right afterward because that deal was definitely more up their alley in terms of fitting the window and then not having to spend a whole lot of cash. So I think that's probably the end of it um, at this point, unless there is a crazy 180 here, whether it's Snell taking a one-year deal, which again, not happening because he's never going to have more negotiating power than this. Um, Or it's a way for the Yankees to, I don't know, maybe it's a signing bonus situation and they avoid the tax or they backload it. I don't know. I don't know how crazy they could get with that. Um, but at this point, again, with every dollar costing $2, the Yankees are going to be a lot more cautious as we've seen um, 
So, yeah, I don't uh, I think it's cool. They sat together. Obviously, people were being like, "Whoa, look at this. Well, what do you know? Um, it's a Cy Young dinner. They both won the Cy Young. So they're going to hang out and they're going to get their awards and they're going to be the the bell of the ball. Um, so, yeah, again, I think we're just chilling here. We're chilling and we're waiting, guys. Uh, small moves, if anything. But again, I think the roster is set and I think that you should just start writing down trade candidates and we can start talking about them because that's really going to be what the focus is, is going to um, really narrow down to. At the deadline though, like at I the still, deadline. not right I, now. Yeah, no, I still don't foresee any major trades before the season begins. I want to, uh, but at the same time, I don't want to subtract from this roster to the point where it's getting offensively limited. Once again, like yeah. Oswald Peraza being a backup shortstop for the big league team, not ideal for his development path, but has he shown you enough that you can confidently say, like, we need him developing a triple A or some other team would bend over backwards to acquire Oswald Peraza? No, I, I don't think so. So at this point, show me what you can do at the big league level. You're going to get ample opportunity. It's not like the Yankees top backup infielder isn't going to play a lot. So I would rather see Oswald Peraza get reps than be sold yeah. low here. Oswaldo Cabrera, same deal. Like who's who's lining up for Oswaldo Cabrera in trade? I don't think anybody. So you might as well keep him, shuttle him back and forth to screen. Hopefully he can build on the progress he showed at the end of last year. And then Glaber Torres is untradeable to me. Like yeah. I, I don't want to hear that. Glaber Torres for Edward Cabrera. Edward Cabrera's stuff. Edward Cabrera's stuff plus. I get it. Edward Cabrera's walks. Hey, walks don't matter quite so much these days. If you're striking people out. All of that. Yes, I hear you. I understand the Miami Marlins have pitching out the, you know, out the wazoo and they don't, you know, they're contenders, but they're going to give up their pitching anyway. And, and they could use Glaber Torres and trade Luis Arise. Glaber Torres in a walk here? Glaber Torres in exchange for the Mariners promising young arms that the Mariners want to hold on to as well. It's going to take Torres plus Roderick Arias or Torres plus Spencer Jones to get a Mariners starter because that's the way the Mariners are acting. I have no interest in making this lineup drastically worse by removing an all-star before the season begins. Get me the deadline. Let me know what I really need. Because right now, Matt Blake's out here today, Monday, January 29th, talking about Will Warren and saying, I think Will Warren's going to make his MLB debut this year. I think we're going to see a lot of him. They're saying that because, A, they believe in Will Warren, and, B, because they don't believe on the people still available on the trade market or in free agency. So listen to Matt Blake when he tells you something. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Yeah, not only that, uh, as the season progresses, they're going to have other prospects maybe jump the pipeline. Um, and I know the rankings won't be out because the rankings don't update until midseason, but uh, people within organizations talk and they send scouts to other teams' farm systems and they're going to be able to see. So maybe the Yankees get in a position where maybe they don't need to get rid of their top trade chips when the time comes to acquire another star and upgrade either in the lineup or the rotation or the bullpen or whatever it is. Um but yeah, the, again, Gleyber Torres, I don't know. Uh, the the only team, like I said before, 
that would make sense there is the Dodgers. The Dodgers probably have stuff to trade, and then that would give them – that would fit their window of winning a championship this year, but they ended up addressing second base, I guess, with Mookie Betts. Um, but I can't believe that's a real thing, but it is. Um, and then everybody else on the roster, yeah, on the Yankees roster in terms of potential trade bait is – guys whose value is at the lowest and you don't really want to trade from that, or it's promising commodities that the Yankees want to see through because they have all these vacancies that are these at all these other positions. And this is why that they've structured the depth the way that they did clean out the top of the farm system, let these other guy guys progress and get to where they need to be. And now they're next in line. So um, that's, that's what we're going to be waiting for. Uh, that's, that's the waning game. Um, so yeah, get your list together. We'll, we'll talk about them as, as the months go by for sure. I mean, this is a great point, though. The five catchers on the 40-man roster. We added Luis oh. Torrens on a minor league deal at the end of last week as well, uh, who the Padres once stole from the Yankees in the Rule 5, and then he turned into a backup uh, at best. He had, a, he had a chunk of home runs for the Mariners two years ago. But Luis Torrens, we signed to a minor league deal not on the 40-man, uh, obviously. But just because he's not on the 40-man doesn't mean he doesn't need a place to play. So yeah. Torrens going to have to play a triple-A. Augustine Ramirez is a prospect they believe in, and they went out of their way to protect him from the Rule 5 this year. Carlos Narvaez, where do you go? Ben Rortvet, where do you go? The Yankees are not carrying five catchers at any point this year. They're not carrying three catchers. So you're going to have to clear those. Those guys have to be the next DFA candidates. Maybe make a small trade to get them out of the yeah. system. Rortvet probably brings you the most. There's a reason they snuck Kyle Higashioka into the Padres trade. That was the most essential catcher trade of the year you have to get him out his escalating salary there's just no way that you can maintain him into the regular season and thank you to the Padres for agreeing to take on a backup catcher and catching depth but they're gonna have to sort that out at some point they protected a lot of people Narvaez I don't have much attachment to at this point Ben Rortvet I don't have much attachment to at this point uh they, they cannot go much longer carrying five catchers they they can get away with four but they can't carry five no, I, yeah, and any trade, uh, I guess, to clarify, trades might happen. There's not going to be an impact trade, most likely, because at this point, we're a couple weeks away from pitchers and catchers reporting. Teams are essentially set. If they were, to, if if they wanted to make the moves uh, to either take an impact player off the roster or get the package that they wanted to in return, it would have happened by now. But smaller trades can happen. Yankees make those all the time. Forty man dump, get some, you know, maybe a lottery ticket prospect, something like that. Um, but yeah, the five catchers is certainly a problem. You know, we know we're rolling with Austin Wells and Jose Trevino and, and you would guess Ben Rortfett based on his relationship with Garrett Cole. Um, but yeah, I don't think they want to watch, uh, Ramirez and Narvaez just float off into the wind for nothing in return. So they'll, they'll probably figure something else, um, out there. This is a weird 40 man roster now that I think now that I look at it too, Diego Castillo, Yorbit Vivas. So many outfielders. After not having any outfielders last year, we have too many outfielders. After having no catchers last year, we have too many catchers. So, um, yeah, smaller moves are in order. Um, and then, you, yeah, you look at this pitch. Like I said before, people coming back from injury. Um, Luis Heal, don't forget about him. I think he's, you know, like we talked about a few weeks ago, I think he's going to get more innings than you would expect. Scott Efros, same deal. Um, hopefully can vault into a, a – back-end bullpen role and, and make himself essential like he was in, in 2021 before he went down. Um, Victor Gonzalez, assuming he can stay healthy, that's going to be someone who's logging innings from anywhere between five and nine. Um, 
I guess the the only question marks here really in the uh, for the uh, rotation part of the roster or the uh, pitching part of the roster are Matt Crook, Ron Marinaccio, uh, Nick Ramirez. But then again, like the Yankees need bodies and they need bodies that they can shuttle between um, the big leagues and Scranton. So there there is value in having them. Um, so yeah, if anything, it's just going to be a shuffling out of a couple of dudes here and there, but, um, impact moves are going to have to wait. Yep. Uh, yeah. Yorbit Vivas is, is easily forgotten. I'm kind of excited to see what he looks like, but Diego Castillo, who we made, we went out on a limb to get Diego Castillo last week back. We had him already. Now he's back. Uh, yeah, I guess we're going to protect him. Jeter Downs and Oscar Gonzalez clear. They go to AAA. We lose Bubba Thompson. Uh, so I hope you didn't get too attached to Bubba Thompson. Because now he is on a different team. Should we talk football? Should we see if football. the see if the trolls who showed up today prefer that? I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I don't know if a, I don't know if a very angry Mets blog retweeted this because of the title of the video, or if we just have a there are just some people we've offended along the way uh, who don't <laughs> podcast you have as just much. Other players, Mets. Yeah, sign non Yankees, then we won't have this problem. Uh, I'm very sorry to the people who showed up in the comments today, though, who were not expecting talking on a podcast. <laughs> can't solve that can't solve that problem for you unfortunately but we can talk about the super bowl because we do have a super bowl matchup we might as well wrap with a little bit of fun uh chiefs niners we've seen this one already 2020 rematch seems like there's gonna be another 2020 rematch this fall in the presidential election uh but we got one coming up in uh just a couple of weeks time the worst chiefs team that has ever made the super bowl probably against mm-hmm. the 49ers team that should not have survived the detroit lions uh, I was on the Chiefs two and a half plus two and a half, obviously, but I didn't actually do it. And the line already moved, but you got it right. We you both kind of think the Chiefs are going to have. I think the Chiefs are going to win by ten points. Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, you would think that, and then you look at the betting disparity, and you know how this goes. People start throwing money on the Chiefs. The game's a completely different complexion now that you look at it through that lens. But um, I guess the average fan can take that assumption from it because look. Niners should have lost to the Packers, in my opinion. They uh, Packers blew that game through and through. The Lions blew that game through and through. Um, in my in my opinion, the Niners weren't exactly uh, challenged. I think they were obviously they went down early, but they were re- they were handed those two wins based on other teams' mistakes. Props on them for capitalizing. But if they play a team like you know the Chiefs, the Chiefs have had tough competition throughout the playoffs. They had. The Dolphins at home, ton of talent on that team. I know it's not exactly um, your classic playoff contender, but then you got to go on the road to Buffalo, uh, and then you got to go on the road to Baltimore. Chiefs defense is for real right now, and to bet against Patrick Mahomes, uh, it just doesn't it doesn't feel like a safe bet to me. So at that point, when I'm looking at this bet, I'm taking any and all points going the Chiefs direction, and it is a Patrick Mahomes versus Brock Purdy argument for me. It's it doesn't really it, nothing else really holds weight, especially. Um, when you look at the Niners secondary, a little bit suspect or a lot bit suspect, I would say. So as long as they can just give Mahomes time and stave off uh, Bosa and and Chase Young, Chiefs run the ball, cash in on the third downs like they've been over these last three weeks. Like, yeah, I, I could I could envision it. But the fact two and a half, hey, funny things happen in the Super Bowl. The game's always closer than you think. If the Chiefs were to lose this game by two, I'll take it. Super Bowl does give us weird outcomes constantly. Always. The the Lions Niners game, Lions Niners game yesterday almost felt like a Super Bowl with how yeah. weird that was and how quick it was in the second half. Uh, you know, you're not gonna every you're not gonna get an everyday occurrence of uh, interception bounces off guys' face into sprawling wide receivers' arms. You're not gonna get immediate Lions fumble 
You're not get the fourth down momentum changing thing happened like in a fucking flash. That does yeah. not usually happen that easy. It's you know how often the thing that fans are like that's going to turn the momentum actually does turn the momentum. Not that often, but everyone on earth was like, that's, oh, it's not good mojo, that fourth down thing. And then like five <laughs> minutes later, they're like, I told you this game got tied sooner than any NFC championship game ever has. Yeah. Uh, there was some stat that said of the teams that face a 17 point deficit at halftime in the NFC title game, only one has ever led at the end of the third. And that was the Niners yesterday. That was not normal. And shout out to this Niners team because that's yep. the kind of thing the Patriots would do. That's the kind of thing the Chiefs would do. That's the kind of thing these repeat champions with championship DNA would do. The Niners have come up short more often than not. They blew a 10-point lead in the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl to the Chiefs. They blew a 10-point lead in the fourth quarter of the NFC Championship to the Rams two years ago. Kyle Shanahan blew the all-time lead as an offensive coordinator with the Falcons in the Super Bowl against the Patriots. So for them to be on the other end of that, to be a team playing comeback ball after getting bullied in the first half, I did not see that coming, and I maybe should have, considering it was the Lions on the other end and not a team with a lot of experience and a team that takes a lot of chances. But I think – I just don't know why you would bet against this Kansas City Chiefs team at this point in time. Uh, I don't know if you haven't learned your lesson – through the Bills and Ravens games where, yeah. oh, they can't, Patrick Mahomes can't win a road playoff game. Well, now we can't lose a road playoff game. Oh, Patrick Mahomes can't beat Josh Allen on the road in the elements. He certainly can. Uh, he actually made it look pretty effortless. He was, that was one of the best games I've ever watched him play at yeah. the Bills last week. He was unstoppable. And then yesterday, give the, you know, give the Ravens defense credit that Chiefs didn't do anything in the second half of that game. And if Lamar Jackson wasn't having a complete meltdown, then the Ravens might have actually won that game. And I think a lot of teams do take that one from the Chiefs. The Chiefs put that on a platter for them. Um, But the goal line fumble, the interception in the end zone, you know, looking at your tight end who's asking for the ball and ignoring that he's triple cover and just listening to him instead of thinking about it. Then you've got Zay Flowers punching a bench and cutting his hand up. Lamar Jackson throwing picks and then throwing his helmet like he didn't just throw that pick and someone else did. That was an all-time bag fumble by the Ravens. An all-time bad job of showing up when you are the favored team, when you're the team that is supposed to take care of business and you let the Chiefs get inside your head. When Travis Kelsey was antagonizing like Kyle Van Noy and other people to start shoving him and headbutting him, like... Of course, like, of course, Travis Kelsey's going to do that. And Kyle Van Noy, you've been in the Super Bowl like 10 times. Yeah. With the Patriots. Play, act like you've been there before. That's on the Ravens to an extent. But mm-hmm. this is the best Chiefs defense that Patrick Mahomes has ever had. And he's still Patrick Mahomes. So if you're not buying the Chiefs after two road wins over two teams you thought were superior to them, then I don't know when you're going to buy the Chiefs. I'm buying them in the Super Bowl. Super Bowl gets wonky. You can't be surprised if the Niners jump out to a 14-0 lead or something. Yeah. I still want that Chiefs plus two and a half. Yeah, Niners could very well win this game. It's two of the best. It's the t- two of the teams that we've been talking about in the Super Bowl as, you know, a football community f- for months. Um, but, yeah, shout out to Steve Spagnuolo, former Giants defensive coordinator, won those Super Bowls. Um, yeah, that's – he's scheming. He's scheming, and, and uh, his players always find – a way to force turnovers. That was that was what the Giants defense had did for all those years. This Chiefs defense, um, since he's been with Andy Reid, has been very, very similar to how the Giants conducted business. Um, I did wonder, though, because you have some narratives here. T. Swift, obvious, obvious edge with Taylor Swift on your side. There's no question about that. Craig Carton said that Andy Reid might retire after this year. I have never heard anything 
like that, but it would, I mean, internally, you would think motivate the players to, to bring home a championship if it truly is his last season. Um, and if anybody but, would yeah. know that it's Craig, it's Kansas city insider, Craig Carton. Yeah. <laughs> he speculated that Bel- the reason Belichick doesn't have a job yet is because th- there's internal rumblings that uh, he knows Andy Reid's going to retire and he's just going to waltz into Kansas city. Sure. Don't believe it, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't, know. I don't think of the narrative. Could make it, it crazy. It makes things interesting. He was he was flirting with that last year too, and he yeah. addressed it right after winning the Super Bowl. All he does is win Super Bowls in Kansas City. So I would not be shocked if uh, he does it again. Uh, one last addition: breaking news: the Yankees have claimed breaking news. This is just, what a massive Ooh, day for breaking news. Yankees have claimed lefty reliever Matt Gage, who was recently DFA'd by the Houston Astros, to sign Josh Hader. It'd be very funny if Matt Gage, a New York native, turned out to be very good and was the guy that the Astros shucked off the roster to pay Josh Hader $100 million. Um, it would also maybe be completely irrelevant a couple of months down the line. Who knows? I don't know much about Matt Gage, nor do you. His numbers were good in a uh, very small sample size last this? year. Uh, this, John Heyman. Oh, okay. Uh, this happened, but what that does mean... Oh, he talking Yanks just deleted it for some reason. Oh. Uh, question mark? Uh, well, John Heyman... John Heyman says Yankees claim lefty reliever Matt Gage. He'd been placed on waivers by the Astros, upstate New York native. Um, well, that the, the reason that's important is not because Matt Gage is the GOAT, but because that could lead to the end of one of these catchers once and for all. Yeah. Uh, and could lead to the roster. end of one of these catchers very simply. Just a very easy one. Like, we got to add somebody. We're going to dump one of these catchers finally. Yeah. Um, corresponding roster move. You wait for it. We'll have it. You know we'll have it. You know we'll have it. We appreciate you tuning in today. Um, I'm going to say I appreciate the podcast listeners today more than I appreciate the viewers of the stream uh, because I think this got into a Mets group chat or something, and a bunch of weird weird guys showed up who, again, the only question asked was if you guys are idiots. We told you we were. I don't know if there's anything else you guys need to know. We're dumb. If you've stuck this long with us, uh, then that means you appreciate two dumb guys talking about the New York Yankees trying to break down roster moves, potential inroads, trades they can make moving forward ways for the team to improve uh if you're interested in joining our discord we welcome you we even welcome dissenting voices where we might not be nice to you but we mm. hope you join us definitely not. uh thanks we're going to be back here on thursday two o'clock eastern uh if you are a troll who did not uh get your fill disappearing somewhere around the 26 minute mark again would love to know who some of you folks are hiding behind your avatars i think i have a suspicion but i'd love to know for sure um my name is Adam Weiner, but you can find me on Twitter at Adam Weiner if you have more shit to talk. Thomas Carinante, where can the people find you? At Tommy's underscore takes. The both of us are at the official Yanks Go Yard Twitter account at Yanks Go Yard FS. Uh, our bylines are at YanksGoYard.com. That's where you're going to learn about all these roster moves and in-depth stuff that we're talking about on the podcast. We have it all in written form. Um, we're having a good time. Thank you guys for heading on over to the site. Uh, we know you're there. We see the results. We appreciate the support. Um Remember, Yanks Go Yard is the code for DraftKings. If you are signing up for the first time and you want those $200 in bonus bets, if you don't, I don't know what to tell you. Gave you guys a good deal. If you're not going to take it, not my problem. All right? Not my (laughs) fucking problem. Anyway, we'll talk to you guys soon um, on Thursday. Uh, Hopefully, we have a nice mix of folks in here ready to talk baseball. Have a good time. But thank you all for tuning in, and we will see you in a few days. Yeah, it would be great if we could get a couple of dissenting opinions. Some people in the chat who don't think we suck in addition to those <laughs> who uh, would love to have some healthy discourse there. Oh, no, I suck. Damn it.
I mean, again, like if you're if you're if your comment is please shut up during the middle of our podcast, we can't really do much for you, but we can hopefully have a healthy, hearty discourse in the comment section. And we are shutting up now. We're going away. So if you made it to the end, we are done talking. Uh, and if you left mid-show, then uh, bummer, you never got to hear us shut up because we actually are doing it now. For Thomas Carinante, I am Adam Weiner. Shout out to the people who are actually listening uh, for Yankees Talk, Yankees Chatter, and want to join the Discord. We will welcome you there. We'll see you guys later in the week. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.